Hello and welcome. It's the chat, and I'm Manny. My guest on the program this week is somebody who has held Nigeria in a captive for many years, close to four decades. Onyeka Onwenu, born on 17th May 1952 to Honorable D.K. Onwenu, an educationist who became a politician. She is a multi-talented Nigerian artist, a singer, songwriter, actress, human and gender rights activist, a journalist and politician. Fondly called the Elegant Stallion, a name christened her by the Nigerian media. After her early education in Nigeria, she moved to the United States of America, where she attended Wesley College, Massachusetts, and later obtained a Bachelor of Arts in International Relations and Communication, and also backed a Master's degree in Media Studies, respectively from the New School for Social Research in New York. On completion of her studies abroad, Onyeka worked for some years at the United Nations in New York. She then returned to Nigeria in 1980, to participate in the mandatory one-year National Youth Service Scheme and was deployed to the Nigerian Television Authority, Lagos, as a news reporter. In 1984, she wrote and presented the internationally acclaimed BBC in collaboration with NTA documentary, Nigeria, The Squandering of Riches. The documentary became the definitive film about corruption in Nigeria. Her love for music was inspired by her grandfather, and with the support of her mother, Onyeka won the admiration of many. In 1989, she released the hit song, One Love. The song preached peace, love and tolerance. She is popularly known to write songs geared towards attitudinal change, promotes patriotism and togetherness, with songs like Wait For Me, done in collaboration with King Sunny Ade, targeted at teenagers to promote abstinence, Though originally a secular artist, she now sings mainly gospel. As an actress, Onyeka has featured in a number of Nollywood movies. In 2014, she was casted alongside Chiwetele Ejiofor and Tandy Newton in the adaptation of Chimamanda Adichie's book, Half of a Yellow Sun. In 2013, Onyeka was appointed the Director General of the National Center for Women Development. She is currently the board chairperson of DK and Hope Onwenu Foundation, a humanitarian organization set up in honor of her late parents. Onyeka Owenu is blessed with two children. Welcome, welcome, welcome on the program. It is so good to be here. Do you really agree with most people that you're an elegant stallion? I don't know about that one. For, for a while, I mean, you have been busy and been quiet doing your own thing, apparently. Um, but I remember it was in the early 80s that it was like, a, you know, a bolt out of the blue. You stormed the scene here in Nigeria. <laughs> and then suddenly, what did we hear? A documentary from the amazing Oyeka uh. Owenu on the... Uh, uh, take me through it. 
on a very powerful subject um, at the, the time. Squandering of squandering riches. of riches, still a powerful subject um, when you bring up the, the name of Nigeria. Um, it's rather unfortunate that that film is still relevant today. Rather unfortunate. It should have been uh, something that was worked That was in 1980, early 1984, 1980. to be exact. There you were, the a young graduate. Excuse me, I'm still a young, yeah. excuse me. But listen, yeah. you came out with something really smoking. I did. I did. In, in a documentary, I did. The Squandering of Riches. I did. What was behind, you know, the concept of that documentary? What made you, was, was it like um, a school, you know, project? No, not at all. I, I was finishing my youth service at NTA at the time, and I was completely disillusioned with the Nigerian system. There was so much corruption in the system. I wasn't used to it. I had left Nigeria after the war and then came in in 1980. So to now see the society that I loved so much degenerate into what it was, there was no order, there was no discipline. Um, everybody did whatever they wanted and money was just missing. We were complaining about everything. and. The, the options were you leave the country. I could have gone back to the U.S. Um, I had left the United Nations. I could have gone back there. But somehow we decided to stick it out and see what we could do with our lives to be that shining light that we were asking for. And so the BBC crew came in to do this film. They decided, let us look at Nigeria through Onyeko Wenu's eyes. The series is called the Third Eye series. And you pick somebody from a country and you go and see that country through their eyes. And so what they saw of Nigeria was what I was feeling at the time. The poverty, um, the lack of development. At that time, so much money was being poured into Abuja, but nobody was seeing the results and, and things like that. And they decided. To, that I should write and present the film. And we traveled all around the country, um, visiting uh, the Niger Delta. By the way, the Niger Delta agitation had started at that time, but no one was prepared to talk about it. Mm. Everybody was afraid, I wasn't. I, and I talked about it, and we went down there and we spoke to people and began to really feel the agitation for what it was. And I said at that time, that if the problem was not sorted out, it will, if we sweep it under the carpet. What government were you seeing at that time? It was, was that the Shagari, it was the Shagari government. government. But before we finished the film completely, there was a coup. Yes. and Buhari took over. Yes. Ideally, this film justified that coup. Yes. It justified that coup. Um, but there were people who didn't want it shown in Nigeria. It had been shown in the UK. So, to, so what to, sort of reaction to, did you get? Oh, yeah. I had threats. Um, coming back on the airplane, coming back from London, after the reviews in London, marvellous. A gentleman, again, I won't mention his name, uh, threatened me and said that it was over his dead body. He said, over his dead body will this film be shown in Nigeria. 
Okay. How are you talking about the threats? Was it also from the government side? Did you get any? But yes, I was. Sort of, uh, I was picked up by the SSS at the time, and I was questioned. And uh, I remember the statements that I made out of naivety. That sometimes naivety is good, and I, I that was where I said, "Look, the Niger Delta thing is real. It's either we deal with it, or we'll pay the price." I said the agitation, the vehemence of it is real, it's palpable, I can feel it. And it's one of the prices we're paying. And you see, it is. Don't forget I was born and raised in Port Harcourt, so I, I kind of, it, it's my area. Mm. And I was particularly, particularly concerned about the pollution that was going on. Mm. And I think we will be paying the price for that pollution for a long time to come. Well, that wasn't all about you, Nekai. I mean... Did you learn singing when you were young, or you just Sing, you, you know, you, singing found me? I, okay. It found me. I mean, God gave me that as a talent, and it was something that I inherited from my maternal grandfather. Ah, Papa Nupu. When Papa Nupu is singing his hymns in the church, you want to be near him. He had a beautiful voice. My mother inherited it. And I inherited it from my mom. Tell me about your mother and the yes. role she played in your yeah. music career. Because uh, I know that, you know, when you came on the scene and started performing publicly, yeah. she was literally everywhere. <laughs> Not everywhere, she, but she, know, she yeah, would come to I, my, I, she was so I was, proud. I was always, you know, she was always citing her she was proud in of the me. audience. She was proud of me. And she was... She was a good woman. She was a strong woman. She was a caring, God-fearing woman. And so she left a legacy. My father left a legacy. Now, you have no reason in my family, really, not to find a niche for yourself and make a name for yourself in that niche. And that was what my mother encouraged me. Even while in school, she kept saying, don't forget your music, don't forget your music. And you were, you were going back in time to those great old folk songs indeed and redefining them absolutely and um, it was really nice wasn't it <laughs> uh, i wonder how many songs have you been able to record in your repertoire at least 200 my goodness yes I, the, the, yeah, some of them actually some of them i gave away um some uh, i don't make any money from them because I had to give away the copyright of those songs. You take choices and wait for me, for example. Uh, I don't have the copyright to those songs, but I wrote them. Did them with but, King Sonia. Yes, yeah. I, I, was, I was coming yeah. to that because yes. apparently along your musical journey, you, you, you mixed and, you know, uh, collaborated with quite a number of people. Yes. But there was a time, I think you started with Chris Okotier. Was we there never, any musical not, collaboration? No, there wasn't. No, it was there just wasn't. a love we, thing. We <laughs> don't even go there. We, my children will kill you. <laughs> just put uh, okay, that one aside. Okay, okay. <laughs> not to be talked about. Now. Okay, okay. But put but that one aside. No, like, we didn't. You, we should have done because yeah. we were doing live performances. Before so, King Sonny ID, yes. I know you did some work for Sonny Okosu. Oh yes, Sonny Okosun produced my first album. musical album yes. because we're related by marriage. His, his wife, Nkechi, is a sister to my first cousin's wife 
Ada Danchima. And they lived in, in, in Chicago. And I used to come from Wellesley to spend time with them. And in one of those visits, Sonny Okosun called. And I was the one that picked up the phone. And we got talking. I'd heard about him and some of his music. I told him who I was. He said, oh, send me something. So I went into the studio and recorded a demo and sent to Sonny Okosun. He loved it. He said, whenever you come back, uh, let's do something. So when I came back, I got in touch with him. And then we, we did the first album, and the rest is history. One thing that I found out about Sonny Okosun was how hardworking, how hardworking he was. There was no rest. There was no rest. And how he took care of his whole family, his immediate family, and his extended family. And those were the things that I admired in him. Was he not also justified in the songs that he sang for Nigeria? That was just about going to say, not just Nigeria, but for the whole Africa. of Africa. And I'm sure you would wish his soul rests. Oh, it's resting all right. But, I mean, that was not the only contact you had with, you know, people in the music industry. Yes. Obviously, at the stage, you know, uh, people were saying all sorts of things, not oh, me, yes. about yourself and Sonny Ade. Oh, yeah. We were supposed you know, to, in fact, I was supposed to have a daughter. Okay, then spill the beans. <laughs> I know, I heard all sorts of things. You know, when this collaboration, we're living in a society where a man, if a man and woman, it's improved now, a man and woman are seen together automatically. There is something, there has to be something going on. So when we did the song, they say, yeah, hmm. they even have a daughter. In fact, on the day of the launching, we now moved on to do the, the Wait For Me and Choices, talking about family planning. They say on that day is the day we're getting married. So they sent people came, you know, these drummers, and everybody surrounded that this is what's happening. We launched the music. There was no marriage. They say it's a lie. That, in fact, we kept our daughter at home. We didn't want to bring her so that nobody would snap a picture of her. I had um, the head of state, um, His Excellency, Ibrahim Babangida, met me at a function. I said, eh, hey, Onyeka, uh, I hear you and Sonia. I say, oh God, not you. I beg you. I don't know to you. No, but even and, at that time, it was that so time, widespread. Who, in your opinion, is a singer you admire so much? Oh, there are so many. You want to put me into trouble. <laughs> uh, you want to put me into no, trouble. No, but, just, no, but you're just getting to know how you feel. How I feel. Yeah. There are so many. I'm very proud of the female musicians who are coming up because. You know, at a point, it was just myself and Christia Senimukwe. We were the last women standing. And then at a point, it was just me. You are still standing. And I'm still standing. Glory be to God. Yeah. Christy is passed on, but her memory lives on. And her family, I'm very happy that they're doing everything to immortalize. Because she brought so much contribution in this industry. Bigger question. Onyeka Onwenu. Why the sudden move into politics? Um, when people say I doubled into politics, I laugh. For eight years, I vied for local government chairmanship in Imo State, and the governors would not allow me because they were scared. Why? They knew that my going in there would just turn everything upside down because I would perform, not going any, for any other reason other than to serve my people. If mosquito is biting them there, let it bite me. And I was prepared, and I was ready, but they wouldn't let me. Now, 
moving on. Why I wouldn't would, they let you? Uh, because for mean? the reason that I've just said. They don't want people. There's a, what happens in the local government, which is why I went down to that level, is that in the local government, that's the closest government to the people. That's the president, that's the governor, that's the everything they're going to see. And if the uh, money that is released to the gov uh, local government is actually used, paying teachers, repairing schools, building roads, over 60% of the roads are local government roads in Nigeria. Now, if that could be put to good use, can you imagine if all the 774 local governments did that, Nigeria would be a different place altogether. I didn't just dabble. I have served as the chairman of board of ISCAC, that's the Imo State uh, Culture and Tourism whatever, I'll think about it in a minute, it's called ISCAC. And I turned it around within months, turned it around that my governor was going around bragging with it. When I went to the National Center for Women Development, and I'd like to thank His Excellency and Her Excellency, um, that's the Jonathans, for giving me the opportunity, because what we did there, with the encouragement of the First Lady in particular, who said to me, you are going to deliver. I don't care, I don't wanna hear, Problems, you are going to deliver. And we did. Within two and a half years, I had renovated things there. The place was running smoothly. Money was now coming in instead of just leaking. We, what, where do I begin? The work that we did, and I say we, because it wasn't done by one person. I had a group of people, call people there, who saw what I was committed to and became committed themselves. The work we did in two and a half years all the other DGs from the time it was set up to the time I came in, it was set up in 1992, till the time I came in in 2013, didn't do the work that I did. And I'm not bragging. You know that I'm but so, not. But why, so, I mean, you did not continue. What no, I didn't, because somebody did not want me, because um, I was hearing all sorts of stories that um, I sang Mama Peace, which was a song again that I wrote while I was in office at my own expense. Was it not dedicated to? Oh, it was dedicated Mrs. to a Mrs. woman Zimmer. that I admire, and I have no apologies to make to anybody about that because she's Mama Peace indeed. And I did it, but it's a beautiful song that talked about peace in Nigeria and the responsibility of the young people not to be involved into all this thuggery and all that. We were talk she was all about peace. No apologies. I also sang for Jonathan. No apologies. I sang Run, Good Luck, Run. That was a song that was inspired by God. Are you a member of the PDP? Fully, from are day you, one. Are you going to be active in the next elections? You know what? I'm not going out there looking for anything. But all I say is, if God is not sending me, I will go now. What am I going to look for? Because I will not succeed. But what I've always had at the back of my mind, if they ask, I am available. But I'm not going to go chasing after anybody. Well, because well, I know yes. what I bring to the table. I don't have to ask anybody to give me work. At the time that they wanted to ease me off, some people were pleading and said, look, this woman is performing. We've seen what she's done. I said, you know what? If my name is on the list of people to go, please don't remove it. If it's time to go, well, but I, I'm sure you understand the politics in Nigeria. Yes, it's I all do. about money. Yes, and um, have you? Got, I don't know. I don't have you're, to you're give not, anyone. You're not, you're not <laughs> I, if I have, I'm not spending money. You and who? 
you know, you to do what? You, After all that I spent <laughs> in the past, you think I'm going to be spending that money now? You have, you have gone into something that I found very interesting lately. Mm -hmm. You know, this call for, you know, the return of uh, Leah Shaibu. I thought that was so well put together, Yeka. Um, what time of the day was this? Morning or night? <laughs> you're, you're, you're acting pro as, you know, came to play. Had nothing. Uh, but what, what nothing was... Nothing whatsoever. Why, why? Let me correct that, please. Yeah. Had nothing to do with acting. Okay. Nothing. But, you have, you, but you, I you, uh, can I tell you what? When yeah. I'm acting, I'm acting. But if something happens that is unplanned, it wasn't in the script. I had started talking. I was making my point. Because I know you're referring to the part where the tears came. I was making my point nicely. And it came naturally. And I looked at the camera and I wanted to talk to President Buhari. And the moment I looked into that camera, it felt like looking into his eyes and telling him the truth of how I felt and how Nigerians feel about the killings that are going on, the kidnappings that Nigerian. are going on. What's happening to future mothers of future generations of Nigeria? Do we not see, can we not see the damage that is being done to the society? That's what gets me riled up. And I don't care who you are. I'm going to look you in the eye. I'm going to tell you how I feel. And that was how I felt that day. And if I have to say it a thousand times, I will say it a thousand times. We pray every day for those children. And my heart breaks every time I talk about them. Because I don't think we can correct the damages that are being done. Are you, uh, about, Excuse you, me. Yes, but... Don't do this, please. This is a sore issue with me. I'm sorry to see this happen, but um, it's important that we talk about what you have done. I mean, you did a great job of that. We, we, we have to talk about this. But my question is, why has, has it got to be Leah Shaibu only? Leah is a symbol. Leah is a symbol. Leah is a symbol. Is it because Leah she's is a Christian? symbol that... It, doesn't, it wouldn't have mattered to me. It wouldn't have mattered to me. I married a Muslim. My children have Muslim names. I never, I grew up in a family that did not discriminate. So it's not about that. But what is keeping Leah there is the refusal to deny the Lord. <laughs> I looked at that girl and said, she has courage I don't have. I mean, let's face it. How many of us would do it? You're going to be cast away now, you know, for um, a couple of weeks. Uh -huh. And you're allowed five items. Five? five Up items to five. To take along with you. What would Does you that do? include food? Yes. <laughs> I got so to eat. Five items. You know, it's just a survival endurance oh, yeah. period. All right. Number one is my Bible. Oh, okay. that would do it any day. I got that. Of course, I'll have to eat something. So some dry food kind of situation that would last me for that period. And I don't have to look for, start cooking and all that. And water, fresh water, that's three. Yeah. Uh-huh. I got two more. Um, a mat to sleep on. But okay. I could use leaves, couldn't I? Mm -hmm. yeah, I could make my, a mat for myself out there. So I could remove mat. Oh, yeah. A change of clothes, maybe. <laughs> um, uh, what else? My mascara. Huh. 
my glasses. Okay. Glasses will cover the eyes. <laughs> the glasses and a little lipstick for the day that I'm going to be rescued. <laughs> so that I'll be looking good. You know what I Excellent. mean? Excellent. Yes. Good to see you back to this. I am. <laughs> and it's been fun talking it to you. I've really enjoyed every moment. Oh, thank of you. This. Thank you. Me too. You will remain forever, thank you know, you. Thank our you. queen of thank not just talk of songs and all that. Thank you again for being on the program. Manny, I am honored. Anytime, any day speaking with you. Oh, it's an honor. Oh, my goodness. And so you're, you're, you're so professional. I'm praying that our young ones will pick up these qualities that are in our group. You're younger than me, so, and, um, um, uh, you know. So <laughs> with, with that endorsement, I will say thank you for watching. It's been the chat. And I am Manny. Bye for now. Thank you. <laughs> the chat is produced by Channels Television. You can watch it again online. Just visit our social media platforms, YouTube, Facebook.